You got the job on the technicality of a legend who recommended you. You are nothing, you are a fool, and you are a waste of time. Good night. I've kept really quiet, but I'll tell you something. He went down in my estimation when he said that. I don't believe personal insults help it. And Jack Charlton is quite right to be indignant about that, and the gentleman in the yellow hat really exists nowhere in the firmament of international football. The ten-man board of the FBI, the clowns, are now going to put the names in a hat. They're going to pick people who they've read about in newspapers. Give it a blam and flash it into the net. What a goal that was. Um, of course, Celtic. I agree with you. Ronnie just wants to say the word Schweinsteiger. Bastian Schweinsteiger. Lads, if they ever do a remake of Groundhog Day, it will surely be about the life of an Irish football fan. Another dour campaign, another game against Denmark, another one-all draw and another playoff. Welcome to the Balls at E football show. I'm Gary Connington. I'm joined by Sean Mean and Morris Brosnan. Lads, how are things? Not well. <laughs> Not well. As good as I can be given the circumstances. It's funny, like, you spend all year just saying, like, I don't really care about the result. I just want the performance. So, you know, you want to see uh, some sort of demonstration, ability to play football, you, which, which you know these players have. And then you get it, and you're still just as sick in the, <laughs> <laughs> afterwards with the, maybe just the manner of the result. I think you might be nearly more sickened by the fact that we did get a performance last night because it's the only one we've got and we just got a little taster of it but it just wasn't enough to actually yeah. get us anything and all. It's like, okay, so what do I want then? Do I want like us to be just dour and, you know, turgid to play against and draw? I'd prefer the football and draw. <laughs> just one all drawn to oblivion, really. <laughs> I look forward to it. Every year, I'm like, oh, this, is, this year is going to be different. There'll be a, a canter to... Uh, to a major tournament especially considering we've so many different ways to get in to yeah. the epoxy thing and uh, yeah it still comes down to a playoff although it's a new playoff system this time we're looking forward to yeah. it we're going to off games we're going to talk about the playoff we're going of course going to talk about uh, Ireland's match against Denmark last night and considering that that was the final Ireland match of this decade we have decided that for today's big topic we will be picking our Irish team of the entire decade so uh I don't know if we have a lot of choice for the players that we're going to be putting in, but uh, we'll see how we can get on and we'll try and come to a consensus on that later on as well. But uh, lads, I suppose we'll have to start off with last night's game. So Sean, what did you think of the performance overall? Listen, I, I was delighted with, you know, we had Endeavour and we had, you know, people actually wanting to get their foot on the ball and play. Some players did it a lot more than others, but there was an actual, like, the, you came away from it thinking... Jesus, we put it all out there. You know, mm-hmm. like Matt Doherty was nearly dead on the floor. Uh, you know, just from the sheer volume of work that he put in. So, you know, oftentimes, as Morris said, you know, we bay for a performance and, you know, we, we've been waiting for, you know, you know, something to be proud of bar just, oh yeah, endeavour. Like, we got our foot on the ball and we played football. We were the better team. We were easily the better team. Mm. And it just wasn't good enough. Morris, what do you think? Yeah, like, it's kind of a boring answer. I guess, like, ultimately, you kind of, you have a base of expectation for this Irish team and they probably were as, like, as close to, like, ultimately, what you would want last night is to be the base level, that that's what you would see moving forward. But but it hasn't been. And yet, like, you have to take this stuff in context. The idea that, 
you know, you would still be kind of critical or like you can be critical of maybe their inability to finish. But overall, it was a massive improvement on what we've seen recently. And like if there's a upward trend trajectory, I think you have to take some solace in that. Like there was, I thought uh, both fullbacks last night were absolutely brilliant. McGoldrick again, like a massive performance. I think from a FBI's perspective, you want to get people like people would have enjoyed watching that game. Maybe not the result, but you would have enjoyed watching the game. It was an ultimate advertisement. They're like, whatever. There was question marks. Would this game sell out? Would not? It looked like it was full last night anyway. But moving ahead, like there's no doubt about a, if there was a playoff again. Like if, if Ireland were to, there'd be a way for the playoffs in March. But that the, for, in terms of advertising for Ireland, in terms of valuing some attraction and some kind of excitement around this team, it did that. It's just a real shame that it wasn't enough to, to secure a spot in the Euros. Like why why did we have to wait until the last game to play like yeah, that? That's a legitimate it's, question. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the, the shackles get thrown off though. It's it's psychologically, you know, we've we've done well in the in the group the, like Have we, we we finished on 13 points yeah we were we were one game away from winning we did do well in terms of like especially considering what Mick McCarthy came into and all the turmoil that surrounded like not just the football that was played but everything above the football from the association down it's it's almost like he had, it was a poison chalice like being the being the and then to consider what McCarthy has to go through in terms of regardless of how well you do you don't have You're this job yeah. exactly yeah. you know Stephen Kenny's coming in he's taking your job but I think I so to get to this position where we had one game to win one match to get to the Euros now obviously we've got a safety blanket or whatever but he has a job to do and you've got to be sort of you've got to be smart about things like the shackles sort of came off yesterday without sort of did they come off though did, but this is what I'm saying without without sort of leaving you know gaps in defence or whatever we didn't we didn't just go out all out attack and think Jesus if we, it doesn't matter if we get done 3-0 here at least mm-hmm. we went out and tried we tried but we're still smart enough you know to be you know condensed at the back to allow our fullbacks to go forward but know that they had a defensive job so hence why Matt Doherty was absolutely gassed at the end because he does that job, but he has a back three behind him. Never mind just two lads but at the back. You talk, you talk about Matt Doherty and he was great last night, but he wouldn't have played if James Coleman wasn't suspended. So that's another thing. Like Mick McCarthy, you can take, say what you want about how well he played, but he wouldn't have been in the team if McCarthy had had his full uh, section of players available to him as well. But which, to points say, to, which points to a bigger issue that's been kind of there throughout the campaign, does it not? But who's to say that Coleman, who we all know is a, is a Premier League quality right back, wouldn't have put in a similar performance to Doherty. Well, he hadn't done in the entire campaign up to that point. But, whereas had we, to, but even when Doherty got his chances, and I know he was played out of position and in certain cases, hadn't done it. A lot of players hadn't showcased yeah. anywhere near the same level of football and ability. They might have showed the same endeavour, but they didn't show you know, what they could do actually on the ball. Mm. You know, So I think it was, it was almost like a, a group-wide. Now, obviously, certain players have been continually good, the likes of Shane Duffy. You know, Darren Randolph didn't have to do much, obviously, yesterday, but I picked the ball out of his net. But he's been excellent as well. You know, so those players have continually been good for Ireland. Uh, and yesterday they showed it again. The likes of Doherty never really got the chance to. That's my but, point. Like, yeah. Yeah, he never really got the chance to. But Bar, I think Coleman, when he's been playing, like the Switzerland, the Switzerland match was hideous. And it sort of it 
it feeds into the fact that Doherty probably should have started ahead of him, you know, because there's no question marks over his, even though there are sort of question marks of, of his role in the Wolves team, but he immediately showcased exactly why he needs to play for them, even if Adama Traore, like, replaced him for a week or two. Yeah, know? and I, I also think, like, this, like, there is scope for it not to be, you know, one or the other. Like, when he played both... For example, some suggestions was that he should play both. So he played Doherty ahead of Coleman, which was an absolute disaster in Gibraltar. My, I'll hold my hands up. My, at the time, I said he should play Doherty on the left and Stevens should come out of the team. That was clearly the wrong call because of the performance that Stephen put in. You talk about somebody like Richard Kyo coming out injured. I think the conservative selection there was to go for Kieran Clark, but he rewarded Egan for his form. I think the conservative selection last night would have been bring on Collins or Scott Hogan and throw them up front. Hogan didn't make the match day squad. He brought on Sean Maguire. I think he did that to reward his form from what happened on Thursday, which was a great finish. Callum Robinson was the right substitution to introduce at that time as well. His hands were tied by the Egan substitution. But I think, like, like in a way, you're kind of boat right. Like, Gary, there's obviously scope for... You want to stop picking players on... You need to start picking players on form. There's no disincentive. Like, is it a carrot that the fact that you, they're trying to pay for themselves into the Euros are always going to give their all? Or do you start using a stick and start saying if you continue to use these set of performances? So there, there is absolutely... You can point to a couple of players who have not had form over the series of this campaign. But at the same time, I actually think that like there, there was enough... It wasn't as conservative... Like, Ultimately, you're looking for signs of progression. I think if this was the previous regime, for example, we would have seen somebody like Collins or Hogan or a target man to come up front to loop long balls on, and that's how they would have chased the game, as opposed to trying to get somebody like Maguire into that 10. He actually, some of his runs are really intelligent. He won the corner on the right. He got pushed off the ball at once late in the game. But other than that, like, that was a, the right decision. Callum Robinson, probably maybe not so much, but it's still, like, I think they were the, there were signs of some sort of gradual inclusion like we want it all now and I think it's mm. fair to maybe expect a bit more but I do think that there there has been scope for uh, like <laughs> there's, the shackles aren't off but they're moving towards that yeah and, and like you're gonna pinpoint like certain players who started yesterday that shouldn't probably start you know and you know Jeff Hendrick and James McLean yeah like I, I'm not I've never said that Je- Jeff Hendrick and James McLean just say it now like Hendrick is, is, is one case in point and McLean is another and I think that I think they're two di- very different cases two different cases Definitely. which is kind of you've got a player like McLean who will consistently give his all and he showcased yesterday again why he is in the team like you're like it's in injury time they're making a break with Casper Dahlberg and McLean just rifles back mm. and retrieves the ball and we we go and we push forward again and like it's hard enough to stress this, but no other player on that pitch would have got that ball off Dahlberg. No other player, no other player would have just gut bustingly went back to get that ball. Only James McLean would have done it, and that's. Do you, do you think the performance though was helped by the fact that Denmark were crap? Like, let's be fair. Like that was yeah. They, self, they, self admittedly, like yeah. Michael said after the game, we were terrible. They uh, were awful. Like that, they played like Ireland play on at their on their worst days, where they just sat back and cir- dictated by circumstances, obviously, because they needed the draw and they knew that Ireland weren't going to score. You know, a load of goals. They sat back. They invited them on. They let Ireland have the ball. Now, to be fair, Ireland did keep it a lot better than they would normally do. Like we've seen them against Gibraltar and Georgia, where 
they were it's a struggle sh- where it is a struggle and Ireland did it much better but Denmark let them do it too you can get the feeling that they could have pushed higher they could have harried them more in possession as well yeah like it, it that's obviously that's aided by the fact that you know you've got Thomas Delaney coming off really yeah. early and Andreas Cornelius came off Cornelius sort of gives them that edge whereby oh they can just knock it long and then sort of Ericsson and Delaney can feed off them and they can work from there so Ege Herrera has to kind of change it up from there now you're replacing Thomas Delaney a lad who plays for Borussia Dortmund to Pierre-Emile Hoiberg who you know is a product South, a Premier League team yeah exactly captain's a Premier League team came through <laughs> Bayern Munich's academy like is is well regarded uh, if, if only still only about 23 or 24 exactly so you, you can't really you can't really complain too much you mm-hmm. know I, I thought as me and Morris were talking about after the match we were thinking about who actually came on for Cornelius completely forgot that Dahlberg Dol- was playing yeah. he was the most he anonymous was, yeah. man on, like for a lad with some lovely hair and I know we talk about Je- uh, Jeff Hendricks hair he's a lot he's the closest rival to us yeah exactly yeah. I mean I, I think it's a bit too straight I think it needs to have a bit more of a, a bit more volume in it and maybe then we'll actually notice him on the football pitch because <laughs> the chap did nothing yeah, yeah, he he was very quiet. And it's been a team in this Denmark team. In fairness, like you still had Poulsen and Eriksson, and like the problem with right is again you're talking about like gradual improvements. Ireland gutted their midfield against Denmark during the five one. This time they clogged the midfield, like totally clogged. That's why you saw Brown come on and put a shift in on the right, and even you know trying to come inside. Jeff Hendrick playing a bit higher, which like probably wasn't vindicated in the end. But you can understand the thinking behind it mm-hmm. in in that regard, like. I, Denmark were poor but I don't know if they're that great a side anyway away from that like I, I don't see them other than annihilate in Ireland when Ireland give them an open passage down the 10 channel I don't see them annihilate in teams anyway they're, they're, they're are literally hard to beat like that is what the, the way they're set yeah. up that's why do you see the Danish journalists with knives drawn for their, their manager like that they like uh, uh, this is a really Irish problem but they feel like they have a ceiling that they can play better Glenn Whelan I thought we played well last night that's like the amount of ground that he covered I don't know if you could like I was at the game I'm not sure if it maybe came off as much on TV where you can't see the whole pitch but the ground he was covering at times was literally unbelievable for especially for, that's not even that's for any player not even accounting for the fact that he's 35 years old like, I, you know? I, I wrote a kind of a love letter, <laughs> a love letter cool. not because I've never been I've never been his, his biggest fan uh, as I think a but lot do you have sorry to interrupt you do you yeah. have Glenn Whelan in your team of the decade yeah do you? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it shouldn't be up for... He's the only player that's been in the team for the whole decade. It shouldn't be up for... Completely. Deb- it sh- shouldn't be up for debate. It, the Glen Whelan... The anti-Glen Whelan narrative that I presume all of us have bought into at one stage or other has been totally turned. Like, across three qualification campaigns, you can point to... the one all Sweden. I remember watching that game and he put in a serious shift. Now, he actually ended up dropping out of the team when McCarthy and Hendrick were there. But he put in a serious shift there. 2012 was a disaster for kind of everybody across the board. Across this campaign, had... Ireland got that late goal last night he would have won the players if we're talking qualification Grant Whedon has won the players as if the campaign like, a game it's like a, a game changer like, absolutely, yeah, yeah. A, and obviously but he had to be withdrawn then when we're pushing for the equaliser which you have and, to and do it. It. which you have to and plus at 80 minutes he is gassed because yeah. of the work that he put in but like he has his limits but the point is like Ireland as a team have their limits like you can't like this the lens that you view Glenn Whelan true I think are kind of our prism you know there's this debate right I was over in Manchester for the Cade Hater fight a couple of weeks ago and it's a debate that I like actively disengage from to the extent where I'd actually get up and walk away but people do this like, the greatest 
Irish uh, sports person ever. You know, this this it's nonsense. Like, there's too yeah. many criteria. How do you quantify, you know, stuff like impact? And, like, are you talking about financially? Or are you talking about, like, the depth of the pool? But if you were to boil it down, if you're trying to make a statistic argument about some of Ireland's top ever sports people, Glenn Whelan is right up there, purely because he's in a sport with such a wide base, so many competitive numbers. And, like, that sounds crazy to say nobody would hold him in that regard but what he's achieved like in context is remarkable and it's, I, I do feel like the, the it, maybe you're putting too much stock in like the standards you know online trolls or whatever like that but I do feel like there is still kind of like a aversion to Glenn Whelan and like this an aversion to come out and saying he is actually a decent footballer who's had a pretty remarkable career given the context and has been one of Ireland's best players across this decade like I think he was complete McCarthy. That was the one thing which you can say, but he always justified bringing him yeah, back I agree, on board. Yeah. Like you know, yeah, because you're looking, you were looking for someone to fill that. That, that, that it's actually such a such a important position. Oh yeah, definitely. Now to be fair, we do have Josh Cullen coming through. Which, who, oh, I think might even be an upgrade. By the way, yeah, like, I, 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 that's not like the, my point. Isn't to oh, like, no, I'm not, I'm, not, the, yeah. I'm not saying that. He, I'm not even saying that he should have been. I maybe would have picked him in the team last night, but Glenn Whedon completely justified. Yeah, and, and you would only and to be honest, I I would have only picked Cullen because of those extra legs. Mm. But then you're subtracting all those years of experience that Whedon has. You know, the ability to... Like, he's taken on such an extra mantle in this midfield as well. Like, you look yesterday, he was doing things that... Glenn Whelan... Like, if you're a manager, you tell Glenn Whelan to to stay in your position, to move ever so slightly, to dictate where your midfielders are going. But because you have the likes of a Hendrick or a Herrahan, and obviously Herrahan was basically playing beside Whelan, but... If they're not in the position that you need them to be in, Whelan was going into those positions, was filling the space, and then retreating back to the position where he, you know, was designed to be in the actual formation. He was doing all of that. Yeah. He's 35 years of age. The chap never had the legs to begin with, but he was doing it at such a high rate yesterday. I thought him and the Stevens was unbelievable yesterday, but then just to touch on the Matt Doherty thing again, can there be any justification now for playing Seamus Coleman ahead of him anymore if in an Ireland team? I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think so. And like the, I, you watched the way Matt Doherty played against Newcastle that won all in the Premier League a couple of weeks ago. He doesn't work in a back three. So if they're going to play a five at the back, it has to be Coleman playing at the back. That didn't even work really at Everton. The two of them on the, on the right side definitely didn't work when uh, Doherty played ahead of him in Gibraltar. So I like trying to get them both into the team, I don't think works. And then like ultimately, if you're just going to put it down to, you know, position on position, I think Doherty is ahead of him. So I, yeah, like, now that's, <laughs> you say that, but. Like, who's to say you don't revisit the... I thought Anna Brown put a shift in last night. I, th- I thought he was decent. But who's to say you don't revisit the Doherty slightly ahead of him and try and play him on the right mid? I, I to, be, to be honest, I do think that you can't... Like, the last thing you can do is bring in Coleman and drop Doherty. So you, you either can't, try... You can't, you can't drop Doherty. For, like, there's no... There's no, like... Yeah. Logic, logic and <laughs> yeah. sense to not have to having Seamus Coleman in the team ahead of Matt Doherty. Like you can talk about Seamus Coleman, how good he's been for Ireland, and again we're going to come on to the team of decades, and we already know that Seamus Coleman is all going to be in all of a our lot. teams. Yeah, but it, that doesn't matter anymore. It shouldn't matter. When the, Ireland seemed to put stock in that, like above any other country, like see what England did do with Kyle Walker. Kyle Walker went from being one of their most important players in Aston was World Cups he's not even in the squad now because there's better players than him like it doesn't matter what you've done in the past it should be all also, about also see like I agree and especially in the context of, of Coleman but I, I also think that there there should be stock in you know what you've done for Ireland as well 
and what you can do for Ireland. I think that they kind of play into each other. I don't think Coleman... I think Coleman is shot in terms of being a, a starting right-back in the Premier League and Doherty's only beginning his sort of cycle as that. Uh, but you you got to remember that like Seamus Coleman is the captain. And I'm not yeah. saying that he should be. I think I agree with you, but... The the logic that McCarthy might bring into it is that he's my captain. He's been the sort of he's been the bastion of which every single Irish player has needed to reach over the past number of years. I don't think it matters anymore, though. And it, like I'm not saying to just throw Seamus Coleman on the scrap heap because he should be in the squad and he has a role to play in the dressing room and he's a great leader and all that. But at the end of the day, if Matt Doherty puts you in a better position to win football matches, Matt Doherty should be in the team. And I think that's the same for every position on the pitch. Oh yeah, completely. I don't disagree. I'm only given. I'm only given what McCarthy will yeah. say and when Seamus Coleman starts ahead of McCarthy whenever we play we in know, March. We know what's going to happen. Exactly. Look, we're going to talk about the playoffs briefly, but first, can we now safely say that this campaign was a complete failure? No. I think no. Uh, no. Like, uh, McCarthy for the whole campaign has been preaching nothing but results, results, results. When we the Georgia, when we questioned performances over Gibraltar. Uh, there was like we got the win what more do you want when we scraped by Georgia same thing we snuck draws in Denmark we snuck a draw at home to Switzerland it was all results results if you preach that mantra does that not ultimately what you have to be judged on and his only goal was to get us to the Euros and in this was most likely our best opportunity to do it he's failed yeah, yeah he, he, he's fallen short but I don't think like I, I find I, judging football on like even if it's projected by a manager on those kind of binary tar- terms is, is kind of problematic actually and like I think it applies like beyond I don't know like there's just minor successes and minor failures from this campaign like there's enough stock to be taken in particularly the way it ended that you would see like a discernible path moving forward like I don't think even though technically we're no further ahead in terms of the, you know, we might as well have not tried in this qualification. As debate. I said in the thing last night, if we've lost every game for the last two years, we'd still be in the exact same position we are now. Like, I know that's not really a great way to look at it, but at the end of the day, that's the kind of cold hard fact, you know? It's, yeah. fu- it's funny though, like, um, uh, Michael Walker in the Irish Times wrote about this at the weekend, right? So he's talking about Michael O'Neill, what he did with uh, North, uh, Northern Ireland and the way he regarded Scott. So those people who talk to him after they lost the you know the win ratio this stat that gets bandied about a lot of times kind of out of context they talked to Michael O'Neill about this and Michael O'Neill played Scotland in a friendly in 2015 lost the game his win ratio was at the time was actually quite poor and he would actually English shit about it because that game he played uh, Stuart Dallas who ended up going to Bradford or Leeds um, Leeds, yeah. Leeds uh, he'd one cap one cap played him in the game said tied after the game even though the last game, I found the player. I found the player. Now he, as we all know, in the get man of match against Finland, they qualify for the Euros. Um, so that's like that's signs of progression. If we come turn around in Slovakia, and if like that's why I'm saying like there's still kind of a, a caveat to this. If we turn around, if we're if I sit down with you, Gary, uh, in April, and we say Matt Doherty was exceptional against Slovakia and Northern Ireland in this semi final and final, we unearthed him after a Denmark game. Maybe we stumbled across it, but we've got there's some sort of signs of genuine forward progression. Mm. If we're saying Sean, Sean McGuire got a chance in a friendly against New Zealand, came on, played really well, played, played, scored a goal that day, came on the following day, played really well, started up alongside McGoldrick, we found a partner for him. We're in. So, like, there's still, there's maybe the playoffs are now redemption as opposed to an extra, but yeah. there's, I still do think that there's like the McCarthy reign can have a worthwhile effect in terms of progression Irish football like, I, I think there's I, enough scope to do it he he absolutely has projected the idea that 
results is all that matters and that, that that is what it is but at the same time like maybe there are inconsequential benefits of some sort of integration between the 121s and senior you see the likes of O'Connor and Park getting their chance and actually holding up in a you know a, a fairly meaningless friendly the like Jack Brown's integration towards the squad you saw it in, in past I think, circumstances I think that's all true but I think that he doesn't care about any of that yeah, <laughs> you know, and like we're judging if you're to judge the campaign on his terms, like Matt Doherty wouldn't have been in the team if Coleman was suspended. John Egan wouldn't have been in the team if Richard Keogh hadn't been involved in the incident he was involved in. You know, like James, we we talked about James McLean before. He hasn't. He was. I thought he was actually okay last night, but he had no right to be in the team based on his performances at club or international level for the last two years compared to other players who have been. So, like, I think what all you're saying is true. Like, and in normal circumstances, I think that's right. But I just don't think that if Mick McCarthy is offered the chance now to have the 11 that he's used for the entire campaign and doesn't have to pick Aaron Connolly, he doesn't have to pick Matt Doherty, he doesn't have to pick any of these guys, he'd rather not do it and he'd just go with the 11, even though we've seen that it doesn't really work. Well, uh, Yeah, I wonder, like, I genuinely wonder uh, if we'll see that against Slovakia. I'd be surprised, to be honest. Like, would you? But, yeah, yeah I, 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 think th- I think I think he, he, like, he's pragmatic. Like, Mick is pragmatic, but... He's not blind. He, he, like we're watching the same match as he is, and we see, and we obviously have different. We want to see the likes of Connolly play, you know. We want to see Burn thrown over the last twenty of matches, and you know, see what he can do. See if he can open up a defense, you know. He's not blind to it. I think he's gonna look back and go, well, like I think McLean after after last night, like has sort of vindicated what McCarthy <laughs> thinks of him in some way shape in or form way, like, like you can't because I you can't overlook it like he wasn't he didn't do anything terrible and people keep on talking about like lost possessions and like crosses and they didn't hit their target or whatever like but that's the win ratio thing all over again yeah, it's, it's the like, void of context these, are, these yeah. are all these are all like pointless stats like the, 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 they can they can you can draw conclusions from them without having ever watched any football ever in your life but like, even watching McLean, how many clear-cut scoring opportunities has he created? Like, that's the type of stat that you would look at. But how many clear-cut scoring opportunities are we going to get anyway? Well, how do we know if we don't try anyone else? But we we are going... Obviously, we're going to try pe- other people. But, like... But we haven't, though. Well, Aaron but we're not, played, you're not going to Aaron if you're going to be played, pragmatic. Yeah, Aaron Connolly played in the left, and that was his first international sphere, and maybe that's been... Like, it would have been interesting to see if he was fit this time around. Like, like, uh, yeah. uh, but, like, he struggles on the left as well. I do think it's more, like... That's more to do with cohesion and things like that as well. But, and, but that's not me making a case for McLean's retention yeah, in the team. Yeah. Like I definitely think there has to be a fresh mark there. But like I just do think that like there's a really boring answer. <laughs> Again, <laughs> I know like, I, it is I, a really boring like, answer. But I like you're you're kind of like I just the the idea that it has to be one or the other. Maybe it's not. Like maybe there's a there's a mix of both. Now having said that, ideally, definitely. Yeah, having said that, the amount of stock that we've been put in the qualification and that being the ultimate goal of all of this, if the playoffs aren't successful, then that like ultimately that is you have to deem that a failure like you have to be honest about it as well but the fact that that like to, to my mind given how we are here that's kind of like a redemption and that will be the, the be all and end all and it will absolutely colour this entire stint all that stuff I mentioned earlier there's like positive you can draw from it won't exist in this sphere if, if we fail there but if we yeah. do then I think that the, the, that stuff is like enough signs of progression and maybe like here's hoping we'll be sitting here in a year and saying well should Stephen Kennedy be getting the job at all like, <laughs> uh, so these are going to be talked about to death for the next four or five months but we'll just tough on it, touch on it very briefly so these playoffs Morris you were taught you wrote a post last night so who are we going to be playing most likely we'll know we'll have a better idea t- about tonight but yeah so tonight is the main 
tonight, it's all about tonight actually really so Wales against Hungary um, the basically this is the playoffs from the Nations League we knew we're, these are here all the time um, if ideally what you want from in terms of like uh, both from the nobody wants to play Wales again no, so, so. we can all agree on <laughs> the only the only person that wants to wants us to play Wales is Shane Cahill in the office because he's thinking of the sweet sweet content. He's <laughs> from it. So so nobody wants to play Wales again. So ideally, Wales beat Hungary. That'll qualify thing. But right now, where we're sitting, we're speaking on Tuesday before that game is played. They could play one of Bosnia, Wales, or Slovakia in a semi final. Northern Ireland. Some places have been said they can't play Northern Ireland in the semi final. You're going to play Northern Ireland in the final yeah. because their two lowest ranked teams can't be drawn yeah. on the same side of a semi final. Now the reason that it's complicated if if Wales don't win, we'll say if Wales, if Wales if, do win, we're playing Slovakia. That's uh, away. Yeah, yeah. That, that, and, we're, and we're definitely away. In we're, the first we're, leg. Yeah, as well. we are de- definitely away. So basically, Wales win, it's Slovakia away. If Hung- if if it's a draw, and Slovakia qualifies, Slovakia actually play Azerbaijan as well then it could be Wales against Ireland. We don't want that. So if Hungary win, right, it kind of gets complicated because there's a vacant spot in the Nations League A. Now, it doesn't affect Ireland because Ireland are a host nation. They can't go up there. It also doesn't affect Bosnia. So of those teams I listed earlier, Slovakia, Wales potentially, would have to go up and fill a spot in those playoffs. But if they do win, it will be one of Slovakia... Wales or Northern Ireland would be required to fill that vacant spot. Ireland can't as they're a host nation. That, that would then you'd have to wait for Friday for a draw for a playoffs to find out who you play in that scenario. But basically, Wales win tonight. Ireland plays Slovakia away. I probably think, like to be honest, that's for the best outcome of all of mm. what we just listed there. Yeah, I am. Um, I think of the worst is is Wales, Wales again. Fact. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's both, both from a football sense and also just from a. F- Fucking Born, sick of playing. Boring sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, we'll probably end up playing Denmark as well. Like, I don't know how it works. Like, but we don't want right. Okay, so we don't want to play Wales. That's fair enough. We'll See, Slovak- I, we take I, think, I, I think, yeah, Wales went tonight to Slovakia away. You're talking about then on the other side of the quarterfinal. Wales obviously are not going to be there. So you talk about, like, in an ideal scenario, both from a, like, just from a narrative sense, I think it would be great. Wales went Slovakia in a semi final, Northern Ireland in a final. In that, the Aviva. And, and the, Rocking. And so, <laughs> that's, that, potentially, that's what, yeah. what I yeah. would look towards. You've got, anyway. and you're looking at, so I just kind of went for a subtle deep dive, not on Wales, because, you know, I, I've decided we're not getting Wales. <laughs> and we don't need to talk about Wales because we know them. We've, we've seen them, we've met them. Yeah. We've, uh, we've tasted sweet victory and we've experienced bitter defeat <laughs> against Wales. So, we know all that. Uh, so Slovakia were in the same group as Wales and Hungary and Croatia so their record as of now obviously before they play their last match at home to Azerbaijan is three wins one draw uh, three losses they lost twice to Croatia and once to Wales uh, they've a few good players like so you look at the likes of Milan Skriniar I can never pronounce his name regardless of whether it's on Inter FIFA Milan, he plays for, plays for Inter Milan you've got Marek Hamzik who's still kicking ball but he's out in China at the moment so he's kind of winding down his career mm-hmm. you've got a, a lad that not many people may know about but Robert Bozhenik plays for Zelina in, uh, in the domestic league he's only 20 years of age he's a striker he's balling out for them right now and you've also got Stan Labocca who plays for Celta Vigo who West Ham were trying to get during the summer they have a good team it's not a great team it's a good team it's probably better than we have is it? Like, they well, have like, a top class Champions League level defender and, and a formerly top class Champions League level. Yeah, like it, I think I think the auxiliary pieces around yeah. their main players are probably better than like who we have, but it's not 
there's not a huge golfing class uh, and then I had a look at Bosnia as well now Bosnia have you know Miralem Pjanic Dzeko Dzeko like these are two players that we play in the playoff of course for, we rattled them before uh, Sean but like and I can can never get out of my head just how poor Miralem Pjanic was in that playoff like he was yeah. awful that man was awful. Got the run around. He got the complete <laughs> run around. Like Johnny Walters just had them in his pocket. Uh, and they also have Eden Viske, who plays for Istanbul Basakskir. Uh, they are they're a very good club and he's a very good footballer. Uh, and he's a winger. So but we've got two good two good fullbacks, so we can deal with him. So Sorry. basically, lads, we're getting to the Euros. Just <laughs> all of all of this all of this uh this doom and gloom. Turn that frown upside down. Your smile is your umbrella. We've been down this road before, as Miguel Delaney tweeted last night. Uh, this is Ireland's ninth playoff since they were reintroduced for Euro 96. Uh, so if you look at the table of who's taken place, to take part in the most playoffs in that time, Ireland nine. Then you go down to Ukraine on slicks, Slovenia five, Turkey five, Croatia five, Greece four, Norway four, Bosnia four. So we love a playoff and we love winning them the odd time. So. Oh yeah, no, we love we love a playoff and we love winning them 33% of the time. Right, uh, that's all on Ireland, lads. We're going to move on and crown our scoundrel of the week. Oh my goodness me! He just kicked! He wants the ban! Eric Cantona has jumped in and sees a kung fu kick! A ban! So, lads, scoundrel, our David Luiz scoundrel of the week this week. I have a feeling it could be related to the events of the Aviva last night. Sean, have you got a nomination for us? My nominee is Felix Brich. There was a reason why he was sent home from the World Cup. For Clarify for those who might not know who Felix Brich is. He was the ref last night. He got sent home from the World Cup last year. You know why? Because he was muck. <laughs> he was muck last night as well. Now, listen. The, the yellow that you gave to Glenn Whelan, I get it. It was a great tackle. It was a brilliant tackle. The one that I'd be proud of. I was two-footed, though. If yeah. I was down in Bricker and I, I did that. Ref the occasion, Morris. Ref the occasion. Don't mind the tackle. You know, um, <laughs> I would have been proud of it. But, uh, yeah, it was two-footed. Uh, but that's besides the point. He booked Kasper Schmeichel for time-wasting. Yeah, that so was some bullshit. There was a recognition that there was time time wasted. So, get that in your head. In additional time. Waste time. That's basically what's going on here, people. He had added on four minutes previously. So this was about two minutes into injury time and he books someone for time wasting. He blows it up on 93.59. <laughs> if there's a recognition that somebody's wasting time, add the thing on. I don't give, I don't give a bollocks about a yellow card. What good is that to me? Add the time on exactly, after. Yeah. Felix. Felix gets... Because Casper Schmeichel's doing his job there. You want any you know, goalkeeper that knows that there's a nice nice prize at the end of this match, he knows what he's doing. He's and you know when there's no real consequences as well. That exactly. Morris? Um, yeah, in, in a similar vein, I think uh, Kasper Schmeichel is an outstanding favourite for this. Like, Kasper Schmeichel, you have to think about the... Uh, uh, like, Kasper Schmeichel... Basically slagged off Irish football in the build up to this game. Before, and his owl lad as well. Before the game had even started, was on the Irish national broadcaster, me and Finchie were in the office watching it, did an interview where he said, the absolute minimum we're going into this game is for a win. That, that's our base, <laughs> basic point. We don't, there's no backup, there's no draw. And I don't even ask him, like, it must be nice to know that you have 
a backup in case it is a draw. I was like, oh, we're not even thinking about that. All we're going out here is to win. Starts the game. After an hour there, like, some questionable dives. Their time wasting, led by him, the man who's going for a win here by the stage. They, they, <laughs> they, they end up scoring the only goal. Uh, a goal from their only shot on target, which only inhibits the problem more. As Sean mentioned, he's time wasting at the end again. Basically, any chance to guess. He actually did the the Fabian Barthez. Barthez did this for United in a penalty shootout in the Champions League a couple of years ago, where he's trying to psych out a couple, the year, a couple of years ago, <laughs> about fifteen years ago. He's trying to psych out. He's trying to psych out the striker. So he went over to one post and tapped both of his boots off the other one. Went over the other post, tapped the back of his boots over the other one. Then went back over to the other corner, checked the net, and got booked. <laughs> <laughs> he got the other card. But. Uh, Schmeichel was doing that with just tapping his yeah. swords off the, the post as well. so I think he's an outstanding candidate for this 100% uh, I know our own Mick McCarthy not the Ireland manager Mick McCarthy but uh, Buzz the editor Mick McCarthy wants to nominate FIFA for their lack of implementation of proper punishment for said uh, time wasting rule uh, I want to give a mention but the punishment exists though just add the time the, yeah, yeah, like the, 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 it shouldn't have to be one or the other well it's never they never add on the time it's always like, there's, a, there's an existing rule where it's like you book a player and add the time on if the player continues time waste you send them off like, yeah, the, the, like the, it the happened, framework is there it, it's i saw it with my two eyes earlier this year in the league of ireland for all things <laughs> there was carl shepherd was time wasting he got a yellow card the time was added on pats went down the other end and scored the equalizer <laughs> like and then cork went mad and we're like uh where'd you get that time from from the time wasting his mad things I want to give a mention to Brian Kerr he was on Virgin Media Sport the other night when they were talking about this convoluted playoff uh, route linked to the Nations League and all that jazz but uh so he was, they asked him about what did he think about it and the fact that it offered like in the the League D playoff it's uh, North Macedonia Georgia Kosovo and someone else crap I, I, a, couple I of, a couple of big names yeah. couple of big but names. Uh, he was like First of all, he said you shouldn't. It shouldn't be twenty-four teams. He said it probably shouldn't even be sixteen. He liked it when it was eight, but he's like, I think you should have to earn it by merit, not by beating teams of your own standard, because you're brutal and the others are a little bit less brutal, <laughs> or a little bit more brutal. Sorry, <laughs> I ruined that. But uh, we get the idea. He's, so he's he's completely correct, and he's a national treasure as well. He so. is. I love him, uh, lads. Who are we giving it to? I Schmeichel has to get it. I think it's Schmeichel. 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 I only want. I only wanted to kind of. To vent about Felix Brick, he was dead he, right. He, he made a case for it. Dead, he dead right that he was sent home from that World Cup, though. Casper <laughs> Schmeichel, congratulations! You're our David Luiz Scoundrel of the Week winner, uh, lads. We're going to move on now and pick our Ireland team of the decade. Right, lads. So before we just a couple, like one or two uh, rules before we do this. Obviously, it's the team of this decade. So anything that the lads did in the previous decade is completely discounted. So obviously, you had some players who kind of played one or two years Crossed over, yeah, yeah, but but didn't do a whole lot, but were unbelievable in the previous decade. So unfortunately, doesn't count. Not not today. Uh, we've we've each picked a team. We're going to name it out now, and then we'll try and come to a some sort of unanimous decision at the end. I'd imagine our teams are largely similar. What formations have we all picked? Have we all picked a four-three-three? I've gone for a four-three-three. Three. I have a four-four-two, but I'm willing to change it to a four-three-three. Okay, sure. We'll, scope go, we'll go position by position, so that's probably the easiest way to do it. For goalkeeper, I Darren Randolph. Yeah, Darren Randolph. Darren Randolph as well. Fair play to him. Has it, never had a bad game for Ireland. It's, it's, it is worth mentioning, like. At the from 2010 2011 right up until the um the given I think at the time it was a historic run for clean sheets for Ireland I think it might have been nine uh 
Did Andorra score against Ireland in that yeah, Connemara yeah, game? Uh, yeah, 3-1. Yeah, 3-1. Yeah. When Doyle scored think, the cracker. I think, I think there might have been, a, up until that, there might have been a consecutive... Like, so, t- Gavin actually had a big contribution at the turn mm, of... The, the, in this decade as well. But it's just given, like, from the moment Randolph came on against Germany, yeah. uh, after, he's been absolutely immense. Yeah, like, like, David Ford as well, you got to give it, like, a share. Absolutely, yeah. David yeah. Ford was was excellent in golf for Ireland as it's, well. It's our strongest position. <laughs> even, even to this day. Like still to this Shea, day. Shea Given actually won his position back from David Ford and then got injured in the Germany game and then Darren Randolph Ran just yeah. hasn't looked back yeah. since. So right back, Coleman. James Coleman, yeah. James Coleman, no, Don't know the bait there. Uh, Centre-backs. I've gone for Shane Duffy and Richard Dunn. Now, Duffy was the obvious one. He's been unbelievable for the last three or four years. Dunn, even though he kind of was phased out by 2013, I think that game against Russia, Russia in 2011 yeah. wasn't... Yeah. If, he didn't, if that was the only game of the decade he played, I think uh, he has to be in the team. Did you have anything different? or? I'd, yeah, I had the exact same. I, I do think that... Uh, Kyo, my, there was a revisionism about Kyo that's particularly kind of over the last year and the fact that there's probably been an upgrade in terms of Egan but he was also a stalwart uh, particularly under Martin O'Neill actually Kieran but, Clark as well I thought Clark, Clark actually yeah good so. shout let's, but, I, let's uh, John O'Shea <laughs> You've John O'Shea yeah, yeah look at John O'Shea so instead, I, I, half. I, I, instead I, of I, Richard Dunn instead of Richard Dunn I've Shane Duffy in there but I've, I've him instead of Richard Dunn yeah I think the as we move on, there might be more debate as we move on in, yeah. in, in a couple of seconds. I think the occasion is hugely significant when you pick players. So even yeah. if they haven't played a lot of games, if they played a lot of big games, I think it's important. And similarly, I think like it's hard to criticise anybody for the Euros. But if you were to criticise I think O'Shea was oh, particularly yeah, bad. I think at, we all remember the Balotelli incidents. Uh, when he just manhandled in the box, you know, effectively. And I think, like, I think the, the st- standing matters. And I was actually, by the way, I was a player who was delighted, or somebody who was delighted to see O'Shea get the reception he deserved against USA that day. I thought like he has been again like another stalwart. But if I was to cut it at this decade, I think that Dunn is is ahead of him. Yeah, I yeah, so. I, I can see that. I just I went with O'Shea just purely for sort of a, a longevity in the decade, which Dunn obviously wasn't afforded because he, he retired, you know, just yeah. in at the midpoint almost. And before O'Shea, yeah, and O'Shea O'Shea had been there for obviously the bad Euros campaign and the relatively better Euros campaign. Now, he didn't he didn't play, you know, altogether in Euro 2016, but he was there, especially for the qualifying campaign. We wouldn't have been at that Euros if he didn't score against Germany away on his birthday. Often forgotten goal, by the like, way. Uh, which, <laughs> is like, it? <laughs> like, I think it is, because we all talk about Shane Long and we talk about all like, these other, Shane Long against Germany and Robbie Ray against Italy and all these goals, but drawing one all away to Germany is like... <laughs> It's kind in the of, in the last minute, and it was yeah. kind of yeah, and he with his foot as well. That wasn't even with his head; <laughs> it was his foot. But he's a big moments player. He scored that goal, scored the goal against Liverpool, nutmeg Lewis Figo. Like when, <laughs> when the moment needs it, O'Shea did it. Did that like, chip <laughs> against Arsenal. Did, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that even at that big moments called Richard Dunn as well. Yeah, yeah and the Ru- that I think just think the Russia game. Like, yeah, I uh, the I jersey t- from that Russia game in with the five drawn is literally in a museum. I remember. So. I think <laughs> th- that was at the, at the very. I might have just at the time just joined Twitter, or so, so I was only following like five people during that game. I remember logging Twitter, and the first tweet I saw was Paul McGrath, who I obviously had followed, and him talking about that. I think he tweeted that was the best performance from a defender in Irish they've ever seen including Anthony United and I was like wow that was like it just yeah. contextualised it perfectly I don't time, remember yeah. Paul McGrath playing but it's definitely and the then, best performance yeah I mean like so. I wasn't around when he put Baggio in his back pocket <laughs> <laughs> no I wasn't but so uh, for someone who did that 
to say it. To yeah. say that is it tells a tale like left back Finchie, who did you go with? Like right, this this is why right this is why this is this is a, a this is just not fair. It's just not fair. I have to give it. To, listen, Stephen Ward has fifty caps for Ireland. Fair All play to one him. in this decade. But All one in this decade. Fair play to him. I don't know how, but he does. So you have to give it to Stephen Ward. Yeah, I think by default Ward gets this. Another player who like what's like what's the cliche? Like was fully committed for uh, for Ireland. Actually, had a again under O'Neill had a really good stint, particularly in the early years, yeah. and then I think became became kind of indicative of a style of fullback who was just who did his job and nothing more. But yeah, like I, like who's this competition? Like we had Kilban for Euro twenty twelve. Then it was even more- even at that it was it was kind of it was the qualification campaign. It yeah. wasn't really Ward to kind of come in there. And then it was Ward. Then it was Robbie Brady for a while. And Enda Stevens, if you were to judge by solely quality of the player, is probably is the best one. But he just hasn't it, yeah. been there for long enough to put him into yeah, consider, so special him into uh, special considerations to Conor Harrahan. <laughs> yeah. uh, he was position. unlucky to miss out there. Uh, right, so we've all we've a midfield. Holding midfield, I've gone for Glenn Whelan. I that, think I think we 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 all agree there. Yeah, we agree. The only him. player to play for the entirety of the decade, it's, it's, apart from Steve. Don't forget Stephen. What was Stephen Ward? Didn't, didn't really play in this campaign. <laughs> he should have. <laughs> He's back uh, at Stoke. Get him back in. The other two mid, I think Glenn Whedon's an obvious one. The other two midfield spots are interesting. Uh, I know Morris was furious, he's, and Sean were both trying to do their teams earlier on, and they were kind of struggling to fill out that midfield. Spot. Oh, I, I wasn't struggling from the centre midfield. So I struggled because I, I played four. I struggled okay. for the right, but my other centre mid is easy. It's it's Wes. Yeah, I, I also I, have I, Wes. Yeah, it has to be. This is going back to the moment thing. Like people will associate Wes. Oh, sure, he never played, and then you're like. Wes, the Sweden game uh, is the obvious one. Like that comes straight to your mind. The Austria one nil. Wes started that game, and he started the Germany one nil that you mentioned earlier. Who then started that game as well? Like that's three. And he set up the, Brady's goal with an unbelievable cross for the, the win against yeah. Italy in the Euros as well. Um, no, that was probably redemption for his mischance a couple that's of seconds earlier. But, but, <laughs> uh, but, but that's three huge moments. Of, like you talk about Irish football this decade, whether it's Bayern or not, or the qualification. Spin, that's three of the biggest moments in of this campaign of this decade, effectively. And Putin was integral to at least two of them. I like I can't disagree with that I think Irish fans sort of Hulahan was always the, the, the poster child of what Ireland needed at any given time and then when he played you know you have great moments like that like what he what he managed to produce who's his competition lads like Keith Andrews is probably one of the very few to merge with credit from the 2012 Euros yeah yeah exactly then like you've got like James McCarthy I'm gonna I'm gonna start saying my I, my other midfield spot is James McCarthy okay. see my other midfield spot is Keith Andrews <laughs> yes <there you> go. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and I, I, I genuinely and I, I genuinely believe that that's just down to the dearth of centre mids like well, let me tell you what I've done and I I've so, seen Morris is going to be controversial here but I've got Hulhin sitting Hulhin <laughs> <laughs> sitting no I, I don't, I'm, only, I'm only joking I've got Whelan sitting Hulhin ahead of him and then uh, on the left I think Robbie Bailey has to be in this team I, I, the last year or 18 months has totally risen but Robbie Brady Again, talking about pivotal moments, 2016, Ireland's player of the year, 2015, 2014, young player of the year, both years as well. He was coming out just on the left. He was one of the best players under Martin O'Neill 
for, for that entire campaign playing on left you want to talk about delivery like that which is such frustration right now Brady epitomised that which is such a, which is why it's such a shame to see like I really hope we see that football or post when we saw last week against against New Zealand he just just the ring rust like he just looked at a split second off he looked like a guy who hasn't played a huge amount yeah. of football but I, like, I, I would hate to see revisionism reclassify him as, as what he did for Ireland because the, particularly that like I think Hendrick probably doesn't have enough credit from the Euros to what happened after I think Brady is probably slightly elevated above that from given what he did and again going back to this thing like if we're talking about this decade for Irish football we'll talk about the Germany game if, you're, if I sit down to you Gary within the first three sentences you're bringing up the Germany game you're bringing up the Italy game and again Brady crucial to that and then you're probably looking back over the, that qualification campaign maybe even Wales like Brady has been there mm. now maybe like at the time I was thinking do I just put Brady left back but his actual exposure there was very little compared to yeah he, like if you're putting Brady in you can't put him in at left back to further complicate matters on the right then I John Walters <laughs> Jesus <laughs> right well hold on. I'll just say right James McCarthy I went for before we get there up to I mean Sean have two wingers and the fu- we've yeah three, we've so. got we so we just say I I pick James McCarthy I think McCarthy was like underrated a lot by Irish fans at times I think they expected. They're, they're expecting another Roy Keane. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Was, he, he was a good player. Like, he won 40 caps for Ireland, you know. He he played all but 20 minutes of the Euro 2016 qualifying yeah, campaign. But all but 20 minutes of his campaign were actually... Like, 20 minutes against Italy, he was unbelievable. I'm talking but, about the qualifying campaign. Oh, the qualifying the campaign. Uh, he he all, was fine. He played all but 20 minutes in our best qualifying campaign, probably. Probably of the decade, yeah. Well, we came third in the group. I, I don't think it was the best... I, to be honest, if we're going off anything, it would be Euro 2012. There would have been yeah. a, a more, like it would have been a, a more impressive campaign. Like we finished third and then had to play a playoff. And then the playoff What's was a brilliant. Contest, yeah, yeah, it was brilliant. Like let let's be fair here. It was him or Keith Andrews, and I just picked him because he was around for longer. <laughs> like yeah. that's like, it. Longevity has to come into those kind of situations. I picked Andrews just purely because he was pretty instrumental in that qualifying campaign N- not only that but scored against Estonia in the playoff now to be honest that was also a non-contest and as you said was the only player from that whole squad to have any kind of credit coming, credit out, of that, coming yeah. out of that out of that tournament that's yeah like are are we locked to a 4-3-3 no we can no, we can we no because you're you're because your uh your formation might work better because then we can only have two center mids and i don't want to put in to be honest I don't particularly want to put in Stephen Ward but we have to because yeah, we have a left back and we'll see, right. can we, can uh, so on, wide on the right I have John Walters there, yeah. John yeah. Walters completely is a, another, he has to be he was one of in. the three or four I names think who he, was a certainty I think uh, maybe we can go on this at the end I think Walters is the player of the decade in this team uh, uh, he was our best player for a few seasons he scored some huge goals he scored in the playoff against Estonia on his day that was his debut I think yeah. the first leg he scored uh, three goals against Austria in two separate games in both games we drew two all and one all and one all uh, he scored against Scotland away when we drew there uh, he, sc- he scored a winner against Georgia away and he scored two in the playoff against Bosnia like they're all tor- goals that got us the tournament yeah. you know I think Absolutely. And, he, and he did play right a lot of the time well left or right he played on the way. he didn't play down the middle he played on yeah. the wing I have John Walters as well uh, handily on the left I have James McLean I also have James McLean. I have James McLean. I think I I get what you you're saying about Brady and especially like that Euro 2016 campaign and then just before it. Uh, but McLean embodied in that in that 
basically and I know it, it's always the cliche that people bring up about James McLean but he literally embodied that team in one person he was a personification of it not only that but he pops up with big moments so you look at the Austria match lung well, busting yeah. brilliant brilliant goal and the Wales goal as well you know you've got their two huge goals with, and they're away from home when Ireland never beat teams that are ranked above them away from home you know we get out 1-0 wins and they come through the boot with James McLean. He's 68 caps in this decade as well, which I would be, I assume, would is it the highest? If not, maybe, maybe it'd be Whelan, up there, definitely. Maybe him or Whelan. I, Whelan probably, he's probably more than Whelan this decade, actually, yeah. has he? Because Whelan has around 90 overall, so he probably had more than 30, 35 caps. And also, you, you've got to remember the clamour that was trying to get McLean into the team when, when he, he burst on the scene for Sunderland like everybody who watched him play for Derry knew yeah. how good he was yeah and we can kind of be soured off him a little bit by the fact that he hasn't played well in this campaign and we've been I've been as critical as anyone really but I think overall if you're looking at the decade as a whole I think he has to be in I think team. I have to give a recognition to what to what he but, has but why, why does uh, Brady get discounted for his last 18 months and McLean doesn't I think I, I think McLean was better than Brady was at his peak. More important for at his peak for Ireland than Brady was. I'd argue. I think. I think. I. It's not to say. I. I think that obviously Brady's a better footballer. Yeah. Uh, that's a given. And big moments like Brady's head, McLean's foot. You can like. They're pretty big moments, regardless. So, you know, be splitting hairs. But I think that McLean was constantly constantly there whereas Brady kind of flittered in and out yeah. he was I think it's it's almost like it's it's it, it feeds into the kind of Jeff Hendrick thing of like I like I know how good you are you've only showcased it a couple of times now they've been on big occasions and then at certain times he's faded into insignificance like the one thing you can say about James McLean unequivocally is that he won't fade he'll always endeavor he's he's only missed one qualifier or tournament game since October 2015 so like, I think that was, the, that was the qualifier against Moldova yeah, and it feeds it, it feeds into it feeds into like Brady as well unlucky with injury as well yeah. which you can't really you can't overlook um, but but I, it, does, it does impact this. it does impact it um, I, I would go with McLean over Brady but if there's a way to shoehorn Brady in ahead of a James McCarthy or a Keith <laughs> Andrews I'd take it We'll, we'll look at I will so take it. You've two strikers, Morris. Is that? I do have two strikers, yeah. Go Can on. I say one more thing on Brady? Go very, on. very quickly. Brady's big moment, if we're talking about the big moment thing, Brady's big moment was in the Euros against Italy, that 1 0. McLean's big moment was he got paired here in 2017 for the goal against Wales, which was in a qualification for McLean. I think 2016 one is bigger than the 2017 one. Oh, no, it is, it is, it is bigger. It, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not disregarding that. The only, the only thing I'll say with that is that if you're talking. If it, McLean did nothing in 2016. Exactly. Either, yeah. And then not only that, but. Brady, Brady's is a big moment as well. But how much, how much stock do you put in Wes for picking the ball out? How I, much stock, how much stock do you put in McGeady calming everything down? Which people forget, which I will always bring up because people like to like the lambast Aidan McGeady. Aidan McGeady came on that day, settled everything down. And I don't want to get into this whole debate, but how much stock do you put in the fact that it was a game Italy didn't give a shit about? <laughs> the, the Buffon, you like, might be uh, getting into politics B- there. Buffon came was on hugging Martin O'Neill on the pitch afterwards. Whereas, like, I'm not, <laughs> say, I'm not saying it's a bigger okay. It, the, it's obviously a bigger game than the Wales game or Austria game, but they were two games that, like Wales, was, were if they didn't lose that, they were going to the Euros, you know. Yeah, uh, and also also the playoffs to, to just piggyback on that, 
the Italy game is big because Italy's reserves are still so much better. Yeah, 100%. No, well. you're right. Like, so, they replaced Buffon with Marchetti, who was there for Lazio at the time. So, like, no, it was Sirigu, wasn't it? It was Sirigu, yeah. Sirigu. Who played, sorry, he was there for PSG at the time. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Mara, so your two strikers then? My two strikers are um, Kevin Doyle and I also have Robbie Keane. That was a. I I was dead uh, expecting Shane Long. So was there. I for a second. Uh, like, did he vote Robbie Keane? No, <laughs> yeah, I, so, that's all I was like, how are we going to leave out Keane? Um, no, I think that that's actually one of the easiest lines to pick in the team for me. The Keane turned the century by scoring his fiftieth international goal against Macedonia. That was the first. You talk about the century ended with the Thierry Henry handball that we've all been reminiscing on fondly and for the last uh, week in two thousand nine. You move into two thousand ten. Robbie Keane again carries that team like think about the the huge frustration not last night is not a good example but you have to talk about like as a qualification man, after that two years of watching Ireland like think about the huge frustration in this team trying to score a goal like to just get get a goal like I'm talking about against teams like Georgia against Gibraltar the, the thing to get a goal do you remember how less you worried about that against similar opposition when Robbie Keane was playing yeah. against Macedonia against Andoria did you mention the Estonia <clears throat> excuse me playoff as well Keane just ha- like he ticked that box for you he consistently yeah. ticked that box I have Keane he's my yeah, I have Keane as he well he scored yeah. 26 goals in this decade like that's which that's is more than any other Irish player has scored for, for ever, player has scored ever, ever ever so ever. You, you take just this decade and he still scored more goals than any other Irish player so. and he was on the wind down as well yeah, like, I think, now the only thing that you could maybe say was like I know you're saying about that we may, we now struggle sometimes to score against these last teams. Fifteen of his goals were competitive of the twenty six. None of them came in good results against good teams. Yeah, it's the only thing he scored a lot against. He scored yeah, filled his boots against Estonia. He scored a hat trick against Faroe Islands. I think he scored a hat trick against Gibraltar. But that that he scored that, like that is actually a good example for me, right? The hat trick he scored against Faroe Islands. Nobody has scored that day. I'm with the right side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, oh, that, I'm not criticizing. I'm, I'm I'm criticizing Faroe. I'm just saying if there if you were if there was one hole you were going to pick in a selection would be there's no goal against Italy well you've got like, like he scored in the qualifying a game. moment yeah. Yeah. but you've yeah. also got like the only one he, he scored, scored against th- Russia when we lost 3-2 was the only and also you've got game he scored in as the far as, like, Macedonia away match he scored the two goals we won 2-0 yeah. like there, that Ireland, was his 50th goal yeah. and like that, that match that's one match that if we played against North Macedonia now as they're called we would struggle badly to get Break a win down, against yeah. them but there was no like we would need a player like Kane and he scored one absolute cracking goal. It wasn't just like he was sitting in the body, he was hatching and then he just got a little tap in. Like There was one brilliant goal in that match as well. He scored 36 goals against Oman as well in this decade. <laughs> uh, make your case for Kevin Doyle, Morris, as well. I, last, I, last one. This one kind of made me, I felt a bit kind of sad about like, at the time obviously you were fairly devastated for him when he was forced into rheumatoid retirement. But then you look at how he turned the century and it's funny that you remember this because I actually didn't remember it until I looked it up before this. But the that qualification came in when he scored the screamer against Andorra. There, like he was suddenly you felt less worried about Keane going off the market. Like it felt like you you had somebody to carry the mantle that he again. Like I just think it's like it's it's such an unbelievable turmoil and toil to score goals. For Ireland ever since if, like if, uh, I know he played in 2016 2017 but it was like a, an appearance basically but up until then Ireland didn't have as much of an issue as going goals as they did when Doyle or when Doyle or Keane were on the, mm. were there like I just think that they covered that box for Ireland in a way that no player has been able to do now and even like 
right up until now like I, I think McGoldrick is brilliant but he's got one goal for Ireland he's not a goal in, scorer in, in but like you, you've got that like, how many Shane Long has what five goals this decade again as, uh, so, so, like, I just think feel like it's such a ter- it's a, and I know it's it's probably unnecessarily harsh to place all the blame on a striker but in saying that like Robbie Heane played in front of a pretty uncreative midfield for quite a while there and still managed to score goals Doyle uh, that, that was with Whelan and Andrews in behind them still managed to score goals I just feel like that that, that is more than what he's up against I, but Ireland have always had that problem you kind of look and you think that like Robbie Keane managed to managed to beat the goal scoring record very early on in his career what, 21 or 22 21 like and Niall Quinn took an age to be Frank Stapleton Frank Stapleton took an age as well like all of these like it's been a consistent problem with very good strikers mm-hmm. you know like they'd score the odd time but they wouldn't really like they don't have the volume there was but, less games to be put even accounting for that it's still a they big still difference. it was still it was still a struggle yeah. we picked up goals from a raft of positions then you know in order to try fill our boots we're back doing it now exactly so but right. that's it's can, can, what we have to do can I read you a line from the most Irish match report ever that part of the reason I think Doyle should be in this team uh, so this is the first game of the 2014 world qualifier I'm saying and this so this direct quote here right Ireland were in a bad way against Kazakhstan <laughs> the team ranked 142nd in the world 1-0 down with 8 minutes gone Doyle came off the bench to assist with the equalising goal a Robbie Keane penalty and then scored the winner himself that again going back to, like that was a struggle as a turmoil moment Doyle came I think that given that like just because that happened in the lead of 2014 doesn't mean that you place less stock in that than something that happened in the last couple of years you yeah. know but I, right so Lads, I, I think it's pretty easy uh, an easy way to figure this out just go with my team <laughs> I, I, I I see where you're coming from with Doyle but I don't I think there's an obvious solution to this as I well. think it's pretty easy you're playing Johnny Walters on the right he's really a striker I know he did brilliant on the right just throw him up front figure it away just play Robbie Brady on the wing so what well, well, would you have Robbie Brady or Kevin Doyle? It's like right. So I'd have oh, I'd have Brady over so Doyle. I we, would have Brady. We're going to say four four two. I think is the obvious way to go here because neither of us are really happy with our, me or Sean are happy with our third centre mid. So goalkeeper Darren Randolph, hundred percent. Seamus Coleman right back. Shane Duffy. I think we have to go Richard, Richard Dunn. Dunn yeah. Richard, Richard Dunn, Dunn. I agree. Stephen Ward left back. Glenn Whelan. Wes Houlihan is your midfield too. And now four four two right. If we go four four two, I think the best way to do it. Robbie, is oh, sorry, we go up Robbie Keane and Robbie Keane up front. Robbie Keane is a, a yeah. dead set. Then you so got we have the, the two wingers and one spot up front to fill. So you've given the nod to McLean on the left. I think on the right, Brady, Brady, up on front, Walters. <laughs> or we could. It, I, I think it I, comes down. I, we can either play Walters right. on the right and Doyle up front. I think you have Brady to. On the wing no, I think you have to. For the same reason that we can't pick Brady on the left, I don't think we can pick Brady on the right. A uh, left back, sorry. That we can't pick Brady at right mid. I don't think he had enough. He did play there, like, uh, but I don't think he's enough. He played there against New Zealand just last week. <laughs> but, but I don't think he's enough. Like, I think I, I think you McLean kind of have played to, on the right as well. Yeah, for, I, I, I think you have to play McLean on the left. I think and I think that, if, I think if, that McLean if, has more stock on the left. I'm the one who introduced Roy Brady to this, and I still think that if that's the criteria we're going with, it has to be McLean on the left and Walters on the right and Doyle and Keane in front. I, I can't disagree with that I'm happy I'm happy to enough to go with I'm that I'm happy to go with that because then Walters like did play on the right like, he, he almost play exclusively right. played on the right 
Yeah. There it, we go. Team of the decade. It was that easy. So we had. It was that easy. <laughs> <laughs> we have. We have ran. Just so we sum it up. We've four four two. Randolph on goal. Coleman on the right. Duffy and Dunn centre back. Ward on the and left back. Two centre mids. Glenn Whelan and Wes Hulan on the right. We have Johnny Walters on the left. We have James McLean and up front Kevin Doyle and Robbie Keane. That, that team would win the World Cup. That midfield would be so overran. But we'd have so much possession. We, 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 <laughs> we'd, we'd score so many goals that it wouldn't matter. We'd win every game 5-4. Right, lads. That's our decade, uh, team of the decade. Uh, we'll have a post up on site on that. We're going to with, our, with the whole team. Uh, like, get on to us if you have any other suggestions. Um, we'd love to hear them. Uh, make sure to rate and review the podcast wherever you get your podcast and subscribe as well. We'll be back next week where we'll be hopefully over the crushing disappointment of the Denmark game to talk about whatever happened in the Premier League and our Irish player roundup. And we'll have another big topic to discuss as well. So, until that, take care of yourselves.